The Black and White Network presents House Calls, a show that deals with the major health issues of the day discussed with prominent doctors and researchers on the subject. And now, here's Dan and Daryl. Welcome to Blacks and Whites. And joining us today is somebody that I've been looking forward to talking to because I wanted to get a professional's opinion about why the, the Justice Department are not providing protection for the, the justices of the Supreme Court who were named in the draft brief. So joining us today is former Judge Andrew Gould. Welcome to the conversation. Morning, Dan. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, you're running in Arizona for- I, uh, I, I retired from the Arizona Supreme Court a little over a year ago to run for Attorney General. Uh, for those that want to learn more about my campaign, I have a website. It's gould4ag.com. Uh, I made the decision because of the importance of AGs and their role in enforcing the rule of law. I see in this country, uh, we're shredding the rule of law and it's tearing the country apart. There's no official that has a bigger role or more authority in maintaining the rule of law in each state than the state AG. So I made a decision that no sitting Supreme Court justice has ever made in Arizona before to retire and get into this race. So as an attorney general, you are the equivalent of the attorney general of the United States in the sense that you are the principal law enforcement officer for the state of Arizona, if you get this job. That's right, elected in Arizona, not appointed. Uh, the client is the people of Arizona. And, and what was about what was going on in Arizona that made you decide to retire and run for office? Well, the biggest thing is the border, of course. Uh, I was a prosecutor on the border for many years. I lived in Yuma. So uh, I raised my family 10 minutes from the border where you see those pictures, people coming through the gap in the wall. Uh, I can walk there from my house. And there's a lot of issues about not enforcing the law in this country, but the biggest example is the refusal of the Biden administration to enforce immigration laws on the border. And what we've done is we've given operational control of that border to cartels. Now those cartels are literally killing Americans. 107,000 deaths from fentanyl. We have uh, children abducted, sold into literally sexual slavery. Arizona, by the way, is number one in the nation with abductions for people who are human trafficked. And so I saw all those issues uh, among others across the country. And I knew from my experience being a prosecutor and a judge on the border um, that states can do a lot to bring border security. States can't enforce federal immigration law. That's a federal authority, but they can enforce security. And the way they can do that is through enforcing criminal trespass, disorderly conduct, criminal damage, and all the other drug trafficking crimes that occur along that border. Uh, my plan is what I call a no trespassing zone, Dan. I've got a 10-step program, but it boils down to this. There are certain pinch points where the caravans and the cartels come across where they step on state and uh, private land. We're already doing this in Cochise County and to a certain extent in Yuma County. The uh, local sheriffs stage at those pins points with K2 
cameras, with drones, with patrols. And as soon as they step on state land or private property, they arrest for trespass. Um, once you arrest for any crime, you can perform what's called a search incident to arrest. So cartel members, the backpackers that are coming in with the fentanyl, methamphetamine, the guns, all those things, uh, those illegal uh, assets can be seized and then they can be used to prosecute the people who are carrying them. If you're carrying uh, fentanyl in your backpack, it's a uh, drug trafficking crime, it's a very serious penalty. And, and so we can use the no tres uh, trespassing zone as a, a legal wall, a net, if you will, to stop the cartels who are just going with, with absolutely no interdiction whatsoever and just transporting everything they want into the state and across the country. On the flip side, we have uh, illegal aliens, and that's the legal term, that are paying to be transported into the country who are also uh, trespassing, damaging property, uh, frightening citizens on the border. With the no trespassing zone, we can make those arrests. We'll treat that differently under my plan. Uh, for, those, for those cases, we'll offer them a choice. You can be prosecuted and go to prison, or we can stipulate a very low misdemeanor or felony offense, put you on unsupervised probation for two years on the condition you voluntarily return to Mexico. So that's something I've thought about for a long time. I've talked to the sheriffs about it. The bottom line is we can use state law, state law enforcement, state prosecutors, instead of relying on the winds of change in the White House, which flip around uh, every four years or eight years, we've got to do everything we can in the state of Arizona to protect our citizens, protect their property. You know, you said before we came on the air, I could call you Andy, but my my respect for you and your position always automatically wants to call you judge, even though I know you're retired. So please excuse me if I call you a judge. But judge, here's the issue. Um, I write a lot of commentary and I've been thinking about one particular piece of commentary that I'm about to write when I finish with you today. In the last 12 months, 107,000 American children and young adults have died of overdoses of fentanyl. Now I'm 76 years old. I didn't serve in Vietnam, but I served in the military during the Vietnam War. We have in one year, more than twice the casualties of the entire duration of the Vietnam War, of what? American young people and children. How is the, how is the president of the United States not responsible for those deaths because of his lack of interest and support for protecting Americans and protecting American society? Why is he not impeachable for dereliction of duty. Well, let me say this. It is what you've just recited is one of the most shameful things in the history of the United States that that number of people, young people have died. If you look at World War II, I think we had 400,000 casualties. And so in four years, we'll match all the deaths in World War II when we fought Japan and the Nazis. Now. Whether or not it's an impeachable offense, I haven't looked at it in terms of uh, constitutionally. It provides grounds for that. You, 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 we all know because it's 
Uh, we've, we had two impeachments uh, under President Trump, high crimes and misdemeanors. But about the bottom line is this, Joe Biden has abandoned that border. He's not enforcing immigration law. He's getting ready to rescind the only limitation on uh, illegal immigration into this country by rescinding Title 42. I think we had something like 1.8 million uh, illegal aliens come into the country in the past year. Uh, some people think that could double or triple when you take away Title 42. But separate and apart from all of that, we have a group of thugs, criminal organizations, these cartels on the border, they're violent, they rape, they beat, they murder, uh, and they are pouring into this country a drug the likes of which we've never seen before. All these illegal drugs have been bad. We had cocaine from Colombia. We had obviously marijuana, heroin, all these things. But people have to understand, and I'm sure you do, that this fentanyl is a category far beyond it. And it's not just coming in in its pure form. It's being laced with all kinds of drugs and oxycodone, all kinds of things. We are destroying an entire generation. And so is it an impeachable offense? I'd have to sit down and really look at whether it is, but I will tell you this, the responsibility for those deaths lies at the feet of the person who can enforce our immigration laws. And that is the president of the United States. While we run around and we focus on silly things about what words we can use and uh, you know, whether the, the pilgrims were good people or not, We've got Americans dying in this country, and it's about time we start focusing on the important things. I'll tell you that. I agree. I look at, uh, uh, Judge, and I look at the amount of money that this government has spent in the last 90 days on supporting military and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. And we haven't, we, we haven't spent anywhere near that on the border for border security. In fact, most recent report that I saw was that we spent more money in providing humanitarian aid and military equipment, just the United States, than Russia spends on its entire military. And why are we so more concerned about the Russian border with Ukraine and not concerned about the American border with Mexico? I, I, don't, I don't understand how people judge. I really don't understand how, how you can look at the statistics of over a hundred different nations of people that are coming across our southern border. They're not from the triangle, Some of, a lot of them are, but we have people from all over the world, including Russia and China and North Korea, who are coming into our southern border and coming in. And we may have had 1.2 million, but how many getaways do we have? We have no way of counting. And, and it, it just seems to me that how do you represent the people of the United States and allow that to happen? I, I, I don't, and I don't understand how people can accept that behavior from the president of the United States. It's a man who's been in public service over 50 years and has yet to go to the border. Yet to go to the border. Unbelievable. You know, and I, Having lived on that border, I talk to the sheriffs all the time. Those sheriffs, those small county attorney's offices, they're working overtime to do everything they can to keep people in those communities safe. Um, and all I can tell you is this, it is worse than you can imagine 
I, I lived down there and it's even worse now. The violence, the crime, the fraud, the, the fingers of the cartels. And then let's not forget who makes fentanyl. What country is responsible for manufacturing fentanyl? The Chinese. So uh, that, that lethal, deadly drug is pouring into this country, killing our young people and putting money in the pockets of criminals and the Chinese government. I, 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 you know, I, I agree with you. And I, it's interesting in this culture and in this time, the things that we focus on. That's all I can say. And, and what are the, if we got about a minute left in this segment, what are the, what are the law enforcement people that you talk to? What are they, Andrew, what are they saying about this possibility of eliminating Title 42? It's, it's the idea is largely gleaned from talking to them. And so um, they like the no trespassing zone. They like having the state enforce a legal wall, but they need resources. And so, you know, the state is going to have to fund it. Uh, we're funding a lot of things in Arizona now for border security, trying to build state walls and and strike forces that really aren't accomplishing anything. Uh, the legislature this next session, when they start up in January, beginning of my term, they need to focus putting that money into funding sheriff's deputies and equipment and space in the jails along that border. We need to put 100 new deputies or more on that border because Joe Biden's not coming down to that border. Yeah, we've been speaking with uh, former judge Andrew Gould about, about what's going on in Arizona on the border. We're gonna take a quick break, break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about protection for the justice. We'll be right with you. How can people follow you by the way, judge? Our website is gould4ag.com, all spelled out. And I have my position statements on there. Anything that you wanna learn about my campaign, anything about supporting my campaign. It's all on that website, gould4ag.com. We'll be right back. The midterm elections are coming fast. The Biden administration has failed you, the American voter, in so many ways. It's hard to keep track of all the things we need to be concerned about. I want to focus your attention on one issue that I believe affects hundreds of millions of Americans every day. It's an issue that you can follow every day without the government trying to spin the issue away. These two images will bring everything you should be concerned about into focus. The first image is a gallon of milk, and the second is a gallon of gas. You can ask any American how much did they spend to fill their tank full of gas. 50, 60, 70, $100 or more every time. Ask yourself, what were you spending before Biden became president? Half as much? Even less? Your family budget is being shrunk because of inflation. And you may find yourself having to make hard decisions about feeding your family or feeding your car to make money to pay for gas and try and feed your family. Every time you pull into a gas station between now and the midterms, watch the dial spin away your money. Ask yourself who is responsible to make it spin higher and higher. When you walk into the voting booth next November, before you pull the lever or mark the ballot, if you see somebody with a D after their name, think of the D uh, standing for people responsible for taking your dollars. It's time to vote Republican. It's time to vote for Heidi St. John for Congress. Welcome back. We're having a fascinating conversation with former Justice of the Arizona Supreme Court, um, Andrew Gould. And... Uh, 
he wanted me to call him Andrew, but I call him the judge because I just I just can't not do that. But because of this next section it deals with judges, judge, um, I am amazed that the Attorney General of the United States has not offered significant protection for the justices of the Supreme Court at their homes. That he's allow they are allowing people to break the law to try and intimidate the justices to change their mind. And he hasn't done a damn thing about it. No, he hasn't. And it, it is unbelievable to me. Look, I served on a state Supreme Court. Uh, you are always ready for protests at the courthouse when you have issued a decision. Um, I had it, I had to have escorts and large crowds protesting. That's part of the deal. But the job of a judge is to think and get it right and to be able to discuss the cases with their colleagues on that court. When you, in the middle of the deliberation process, allow people not only to leak drafts, but then go to the homes of these justices and essentially try to influence their decision, you are gonna destroy the United States Supreme Court as an institution. And if you destroy the United States Supreme Court, you have damaged the United States justice system beyond repair. Perhaps that's the idea. This idea that if I don't get what I want, I'm gonna destroy the institution and tear it all down. But I will tell you this, there are a number of laws that they're violating, we all know, you can't go over to a judge, judge's house and protest. Uh, obstruction of justice is another issue. But I, I can't help but think that there's some sentiment in the Biden administration that maybe this will get one of those judges to change their vote. Uh, I can't help but think, of course, that's why the leak was, uh, was done in the first place, is to get them to change their vote. And I, if that happens, if these thugs that are protesting at their houses, if this act, uh, this despicable unethical act of leaking that draft changes a vote, uh, the, the Supreme Court will never recover from that. I mean, think about if someone had leaked a draft of Brown versus Board of, the, uh, Brown versus Board of Education, and then people who were against that decision went over and started protesting at the homes of the, of the justices, think of any case like that. But beyond that, why an attorney general wouldn't say, look, this is a nonpartisan issue for me. These laws are meant to protect the justices. I'm gonna enforce them, but to, but to drag his feet, not enforce those laws, maybe one of the most partisan destructive things I've seen in my life. Hmm. Amazing. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I used to tell people I've worked with lawyers so many times that I'm a practicing attorney, not a real attorney. Sure. But the people who are real attorneys who have read the, the brief say that it's well-written, logical, and substantive in nature, and that, that Roe v. Wade should be reversed. And and, and I say, uh, I agree with you. Uh, I've been, a, been pro-life all my, all my life. But I, I also point out um, 
it, it would appear that the rationale on the part of the Democratic Party to leak this document, which I do want to ask you a question in a moment about how it got out and, and, and what the likelihood of ever finding the leaker. But I want to focus on the idea that we have this process by which we pass laws and then the court is responsible for determining the constitutionality of the law. Uh, and uh, they can overturn it and the Congress can pass a new law and the, 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 the judiciary can, can take a look at it again. But, but we have people who are trying to change, and you mentioned just a moment ago, changing the outcome of this court decision based on their ability to influence, try to influence people. Now, I believe that the mainstream media has oversold the importance of overturning Roe versus Wade as a major item for the midterm election. I say, and I believe that people are more concerned about the looking at the possibility of $6 a gallon for gasoline be, by this summer, and that the average household could be looking at $100 every time they fill up their car or considerably more. And the cost of food and the availability of food in the supermarkets are a much higher priority than whether or not the court should overturn Roe versus Wade. Because if you understand that the court is saying it should go back to the states where it originally was, the court isn't overturning it. The court is simply deciding who should have jurisdiction. And they're saying that it's the local state legislatures. So do you think that the, the as a candidate running for office, as you go out and meet people, how much time is spent talking about overturning Roe versus Wade versus the border and inflation and all the other things? It's none. I've been on the campaign trail now for uh, 12, 13 months. Um, it's border, border, border in Arizona. Um, and now of late, it is inflation. Uh, when I was driving out this morning, I saw gas went up again in Arizona 529 a gallon. Um, milk has gone up over a dollar and more. And so these are things people need gas to get to work, uh, to, to get essentials. They need milk formula for their children to eat, to survive. And so you're hitting people at a primal level now. And of course, you're hurting the people who are living in the margins, the, the worst. You know, in terms of Roe v. Wade, uh, the Dobbs decision, the draft anyway, uh, overturns a, a decision that uh, was poorly reasoned, was a case of judicial overreach, and even liberal scholars, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, said uh, was just a badly reasoned case. And, and they, they used a, an idea of creating uh, implied rights under the 14th Amendment due process clause that was so flawed the only time that we have really legitimately created new rights under the 14th Amendment Due Process Clause is where we have a long history of that right. From England to the colonies to the states having laws, there's some things that are so embedded, courts have said, well, 
it isn't expressly put in the Constitution, but it's so widespread throughout our history, we've always recognized it's right. Um, whereas Roe v. Wade, they use the due process clause for uh, uh, abortion has always been criminal in this country. No state, uh, at least throughout our history until a handful did in the mid 20th century, ever upheld that right. So it's, it's just a flawed decision from beginning to end. From that, I will say, uh, the, the basis of the decision is that because this isn't a right embedded in the 14th Amendment, because it's not an express right, state legislatures have the authority to, to decide what, what the right is. Uh, on top of that, the law that they are examining is a Mississippi law. It doesn't ban abortions. It bans them after 15 weeks, and there are exceptions. I think I might be correct on this, but I think it's 95% of all abortions are performed before the 15th week. So, you know, let's get our facts straight about what's really at issue here. It's not really banning uh, the, the vast or overwhelming number of abortions that occur, but it's, a, it's banning them past a certain time. But none of that matters uh, to some in the media. Uh, it's this idea of we don't really have anything to run on in this election. So let's wave the flag of Roe v. Wade to motivate the base. I agree with you. Um, I, I don't think uh, that's an issue that's gonna drive people uh, to the polls. When we have an open border, people are dying of fentanyl, their property's being destroyed. And at the same time, they are, are barely able to make it. You know, I, I grew up in a family where if, uh, if my dad missed a paycheck, uh, that would mean uh, we were going to get evicted from our house. I know what it's like to live on the edge. That's the way I grew up. And when you start increasing the cost of food and gas, you are driving many people who are on the border of the middle class into poverty. So, you know, Roe v. Wade and constitutional rights, those are important things. But it, it's it's not taking away the right uh, and we have some things that I think are driving voters out there. In short, I'll, I'll agree with you. That's not what I'm hearing on the trail. So you mentioned the fact that the border is a, a big issue in Arizona. Um, what about election security in Arizona? Big issue here too. I, I think that I, inflation, you know, it's not really, a, it's not an attorney general issue. Um, so that's out there. It's hugely important. Um, uh, that might be number two, borders number one, but election security is an issue that I've been hearing out about uh, throughout the election. You know, I've done a number of election cases. I understand the issues. One of the things I want to do at the AG's office is I want to form what I would call a rapid response election integrity unit. There are one or two lawyers over there that do that now. It's too small. Um, the thing about election integrity is you have to be able to have the capacity and resources to handle complaints statewide. And then it's also something where you have to be diligent throughout the election cycle. Uh, certainly the strategy isn't waiting to challenge after the election's over and the votes are counted. And of course, we've got a pending investigation that's sitting on the uh, attorney general's desk in Arizona about allegations of fraud. There's no question that's going to still be there when I get in office and uh, I'm going to finish that investigation. What I'll say about it is this, Dan, it's an emotional issue with people. I get it. Uh, for Republicans, for three and a half years, 
We had to hear that Donald Trump stole the election because the Russians intervened and he was an agent of Vladimir Putin, a preposterous theory based on uh, opposition research by Hillary Clinton. So people are rightly skeptical. They saw every single law uh, restriction uh, being changed during COVID. And now in Arizona, as in other states, we have these drop boxes that are, uh, I'm not sure it's, it's, it was a particularly good idea to say, hey, let's put a box out somewhere in an unsecured area where people can shove ballots into it. Uh, and so, of course, it's inviting fraud and there's a lot of ongoing investigations like that. But the bottom line for me is um, I have my suspicions but I don't go on what I think or I feel. There's too much, too much of that in this society. This stuff about my truth. I, I don't know what that phrase means. I go on what I can prove in court, but I will. Uh, I'll be diligent and I'll finish those investigations. Uh, there will be no concerns about the 2022 election or 2024 uh, election when I'm AG, Jan, uh, Dan. I assure you of that. So um, unfortunately, we're out of time. We, obviously, we would love to have you back on again. And uh, please tell us how people can follow you. My website is gould4ag.com. Uh, I also have Twitter, uh, Instagram. It's all under gould4ag. Um, and you can uh, help me in many ways, volunteer. Uh, we always need financial support, uh, but I want your vote as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. The Black and White Network presents House Calls, a show that deals with the major health issues of the day discussed with prominent doctors and researchers on the subject.